Welcome back to Troubleshooting Agile. Hi there, Jeffrey. Hi, Squirrel. Um, so, Squirrel, I was reading your Twitter feed, and um, you, you've done it once again. You, you've come out with, I think, is um, one of the more uh, heterodox uh, opinions that I've come across recently. Um, you, you said something along the lines of that uh, multiple sources of truth are, aren't so bad. What, can you tell us what, what, what's this idea, and uh, what do you mean by it? Well, I had a client this week who told me, well, everybody always tells us in our e-commerce business that we have multiple sources of truth. We need a single source of truth, single view of the customer. We need to understand what's happening in our business. We have to know, and we have to know right now. And I said, no, you don't. And this knocked them over. So I thought I'd tweet it, and then you wanted to ask me about it. Right. So presumably here, this is um, coming up in the context of a potential project. Every time I hear people talk about single source of truth, then we need to get there. There's a lot of work being done to try to reconcile things, you know, major data projects to bring stuff together. And And Jeffrey, how many of those, how many of those projects do you know have been successful? How many companies do you know who have a literal single source of truth? They know what's happening with every customer, every moment. They have all the right information. Um, you know, that's a good question. I, I'm sure there are some that get there, but I think many more don't. So Yeah, uh, I'm not sure there are any that get there that are successful. I mean, if you had just one customer, I bet you could have a single source of truth about that customer. But I bet you could get there. Those businesses aren't the successful ones. So the question I asked my clients was, uh, um, uh, how many sources of truth do you think Jeff Bezos has? I mean, Amazon is going into salons, I read this week. There, you can get your hair cut by Amazon. I, I don't understand this, but apparently that's, that's the next thing you need from Amazon. But uh, the, the metrics for salon success must be completely different from book ordering success or cloud hosting success. And I bet they're all inconsistent. So if I go get my hair cut this week, Bezos will see one piece of information about me that will probably conflict because maybe I gave him a different address or uh, I was in a different place. I was in a different city than where I live or who knows. Something will be different about me in one than the other. I I think Amazon has still been successful. And you can name any (laughs) giant organization. If you just make it big enough, you're going to be able to see that they, they can't possibly have a single source of truth. And that suggests maybe you can be successful without one. So you're going you're going here just empirically. So you're saying you can be successful empirically, but what about theoretically? You know, <laughs> I, I don't run theoretical businesses. I advise real businesses that are actually operating, and the ones I observe never have a single source of truth. And the successful ones are successful in spite of it, not because of it. So, well, I want to I want to know more about this in spite of because one thing at the before you say that, I think uh, of. of the question about does something have to be useful or does it have to be true? And uh, I think that's something we've covered before on the podcast. And this uh, idea that multiple sources of truth can be useful um, and and it doesn't need to be, uh, or sorry, it's it's not about true or useful, it's correct versus useful. You're saying we don't need to have a perfectly correct view um, as long as we have a, a view that's useful. Is that accurate? Is that kind of the direction you're thinking here? Absolutely. That uh, no no um, major project that I know of uh, has uh, all the right information at all times. It's, there's always a fog of war. There's always uh, clouded areas. There's bits you don't understand, and you have to make decisions anyway. So if you imagine major activities like uh, landing a person on the moon or building, uh, you know, we're just about to open here in England this uh, gigantic uh, project in London um, where they're called Crossrail uh, to, to expand the tube line here, the, the underground line. 
and um, this is a very successful project. It's way, way, way over budget and over time and every other thing, but it's actually going to run. And I guarantee there were loads and loads of places as they were digging under the earth that they said, well, we're not really sure whether we're on track with this part. We're not sure whether we're going to get the right parts. We're not sure whether uh, we're a millimeter off or a meter off in, in this part of the tunnel. But they, they went ahead anyway. If they'd stopped and tried to get perfect information, uh, maybe they would have dug the first shovelful today. And the same is true for any other major project, that you're, you're going to have imperfect information. And, and this is, I think, an excuse. This is a shibboleth. This is something that people make up uh, in order to avoid the actual problem. They say, oh, well, I haven't got the right information, therefore I can't go forward. I can't start the marketing program because uh, I don't know whether uh, to, to run it in the north of uh, the country or the south of the country. Why don't, you, why don't you run it in both for a week and see where you make more money? That would be a way of finding out quickly without having all the accurate data, without having the data lake normalized or whatever other project you are going to undertake, get the right information uh, that gives you the opportunity to make the business decision and move forward. That's what people are doing in successful projects, and that's what I told my client to do. Now, the the, the thing about this that's a bit ironic for me is I, I think that you would agree about being data-driven and, and making data-based decisions. Sure. Uh, and, 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 but I think someone... The, the reason with that inconsistent often, data <laughs> so inconsistent data so you're you and i this the funny part here is this uh, uh, i think that's where we get is people who are say they want to be data driven uh and who are driving the idea of having a single source of truth and, and i think you you may have touched on exactly uh what they're after which is they want to be able to say you know we're we're certain that we're going to be correct they, they they want they want to be certain because we had all the data it was all in alignment it all agreed and therefore when we go do this make this action we're confident it's going to be the right one because the data tell us yep and and all the companies I know that have have been that certain are dead <laughs> because that level of certainty takes you forever and and it's a, a, almost impossible to achieve you can imagine Jeff Bezos trying to create it at Amazon if he had we wouldn't have Amazon. So, so I'm implying here there's a trade-off, which is that to have we need enough data to make decisions, or do we, <clears throat> or, or is data not important? Should we? Should we? Well, we need some kind, right? It okay. could be the data is my gut tells me this is the right thing. I talked to five customers yesterday, and they all told me this thing. We have 500, but five is enough for me to be sure that I should try this. That's 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 data. So that's when you asked me. Should we be data-driven? Well, sure. I, I would want to have as much information as is available, as is responsible to consult. But when somebody tells me, uh, look, we have to make sure that we, we've explained exactly why we're 5% off in our marketing uh, numbers than we are from our website traffic numbers, I say, uh, please stop talking to me about this before my brain explodes. <laughs> So uh, it's funny in hearing this is I'm getting an anti-cuckoo's egg moment. So the cuckoo's egg being uh, Clifford Stoll book where he discovers, you know, uh, KGB hackers in the in the university system because of a one penny difference between two accounting systems. Uh, what if I pull that out? You know, ah, you know, squirrel, if, you, if, if Clifford Stoll had had your attitude, the, those terrible hackers would never have been caught. What 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 do you say to that? Uh, I say that there's, uh, um, you can always uh, argue cases and argue the exceptions, but the exception proves the rule, which means it tests the rule, by the way. It does it's the old meaning of the word prove. So it, it is a good test, thank you. 
And, and I would say that um, it's very useful to be attuned to small differences. And I, I, what I think uh, Clifford did not do, now I haven't actually read the book, so you can tell me, but what I think he did not do was to set up a complicated data lake with normalization and uh, comparison functions and a whole bunch of um, uh, carefully orchestrated metrics that pointed out to him that there was a level three anomaly in the billing system between A and B. I think he was looking and he said, these things don't seem to match up, and that bugs me. There's something here that's showing me that, as a human, that something is wrong. Because I predict that there were all kinds of billing systems that were all kinds of wrong because people had recorded the wrong information or gave the wrong address, or, or uh, there were two John H. Smiths, and one of them was John H. Q. Smith, and who knows what else. And if he had an alert for all of those, he never would have seen the important one. What he did is he had uh, availability of things that were actually reporting inconsistent data, and he noticed that there was one that was important enough to follow up, and he followed it up and he found something interesting. So what I'm advising is not investing in trying to find every single possible failure and every uh, to, to build a perfect system, because you'll never get done, but instead to give yourself enough information, including inconsistent information, which is exactly what he had, and to use the inconsistencies to tell you something. All right. And what I like in here about resonance here is about the, the trade-off between uh, getting a, a useful system or non-useful system is, is one that uh, it resonates with me. And I think we've talked in the past that uh, uh, often uh, companies um, spend more time generating metrics than using them. And it exactly. seems to me that in a sense, this single source of truth is uh, kind of the ultimate version of that. We know exactly how much money we're losing per customer. We have it really accurate. We know exactly how bad it is. We haven't done anything about it yet because we wanted to know exactly, was it $4 per customer or 40 Now we know it's 37 mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> Unfortunately, we don't have enough money to hire anybody to solve the problem, but we really understand the problem well now. I, I don't think that's a useful direction to go. All right. I think this seems like a, a great place to invite our listeners. Um, maybe some of them had different experiences. Maybe some of them work at Amazon and can come back and say, no, no, actually, we, we, we have only a single source of truth, or we have this company when it was so helpful and so cheap and, and everyone should do it. I, I'm, people out there have got to be ready to challenge us when they, when they hear this uh, amazing claim of yours, uh, one that I'm now ready to endorse. Uh, with, I'd love to hear from them if, if people have had different experiences of being able to put these uh, things together and their the relative of uh, cost utility uh, trade-off uh, with what their experiences have been. If, if someone wants to get a hold of a squirrel, uh, how can they do that? Well, they would come to us on uh, agileconversations.com and they would get our email and our Twitter and our mailing list and all kinds of other fun things. They would also have the opportunity to see free videos and uh, other free stuff, free dojo kits, all kinds of uh, cool things are available there. So we'd love to see you over there. And, of course, they can come back next Wednesday and see who, who argued with us because uh, <laughs> I'd be fascinated to, to see who's going to disagree with us this week. Excellent. Thanks, Jeffrey. Thanks, Carl.